When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are on this Guna planet of ours. This is a very strange one to be podding at four o'clock in the afternoon, but welcome to the Same Old Arsenal podcast. And thank you to everyone that's joining us because it's four o'clock on a Sunday. There is a reason we are going this early. And as you can see, all these lovely faces on my screen, the reason is that I decided for my last show of Talking Arsenal through the summer series that I'm going to get the family on. This is my Arsenal family. Um, and one of them, below, lives in Australia. So to be nice and for him not to have to record at 3, 4 a.m., I thought, OK, let's go live at 4, 4 p.m. So, Andrew, welcome to the Same Old Arsenal podcast. Thanks, Amanda. 11 p.m. here. It's already late. <laughs> Thank you for staying up and being with us. Um, right, let's do some introductions. To the left of me, or whatever way you're looking on the screen, is my lunatic Guna father. Hello, Mr. Kelvin. How are you? Yes, good afternoon, Amanda and everybody, and Barry and uh, uh, Andrew and Adrian. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Welcome back to the show, Dad, by popular Thank demand, you. I have to say. Um, Thanks for asking. And below is my young cousin Adrian. Welcome to the show, Adrian. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to this. It's my uh, podcast debut. It is, yes. Um, and to the left of my dad is my cousin Barry, who I go to football with still. So yep. welcome back to the show. Yeah, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Should be fun. Right, everybody, let's get started. Today, we don't have really any scripts or anything. Um, we're just going to go back over our memories, over everything really that, you know, we've experienced. We've got 65 years of Arsenal memories through all of us, really. We really have. And I'm just going to start with saying that um, none of you have seen uh, the pre-season friendly last night. 
But I know for a fact that on social media that some Arsenal fans are having meltdowns, which I find quite funny. So basically, um, we played at the MetLife Stadium last night in New Jersey. 82,000 Arsenal and United fans. It was absolutely incredible. And I've got a lot of, we have a lot of um, USA uh, Guna listeners and I love them. I can't tell you all how big we are in America thousands and thousands and thousands of Gooners went to that stadium last night. It was incredible to watch. And how they feel when we're at the Emirates and I'm posting pictures and everyone's doing videos and everything is how I felt last night. I feel like I had a bit of FOMO. I wanted to be there. It's like our team, but of course, pre-season, very pleased they've gone over there. Um, And Andrew, we were just discussing, weren't we, that you watched the MLS one. What did you think of that? That was good. It was a very fun game and we played well, dominated. It was, seemed to be a, a challenge for um, for everyone in terms of it was a pretty rough game. They're a, a very physical league, but we played well and dominated the game. It was, a, it was a real exhibition game and we probably turned up the other day doing the same thing against United. Thought it'd be an exhibition game and United probably took it a bit more seriously than we did. Yeah, and Barnaby, welcome to the show. Barney was actually a United fan that follows our podcast. Um, and he's true, the Cronkay and the Glazer effect, probably. The fact as well is that we are absolutely huge throughout that whole universe. It's absolutely bizarre. I have peop- We have people from like India, Pakistan, New Zealand, Russia, everybody watching us and are so like thirsty for information about our club where when we all used to just go with the four of us, say, like in the 80s, we just went to Highbury every week, didn't we, Barry? We just toddle off on a Saturday. Nothing else. Teletext, maybe. And a phone call. And discussion in the car. That was the social media of the day. Discussion in the car up to the game and after the game. And whatever Radio 5 Live equivalent. That was about it. Capital Gold also. I forgot about them. Oh, I've been on Capital Gold before. I did a rant and I got... I <laughs> That's <won>. you, Ned. <laughs> when I was about 19, I think it was before Anfield when I... No, it wasn't actually. It was when we were called Spoilt as Arsenal fans. Um, I remember it was in the paper and I rang up and I went mad and I won the rant and they gave me a crate of lager. I think it's not Talk Sport because it went Capital Gold. And yeah... Unfortunately, I don't like watching, listening to talk sport and I moan every time I'm in your car, don't I? Turn it off and I have to listen to some lunatic Arsenal fans on the way home from games. And none more than my dad. So, dad, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Can you hear us okay? I certainly can. Um, so, interestingly enough, let, let me tell everybody how we all support Arsenal. So, Dad supports the Arsenal. When I was born, there was no choice. I was born Arsenal. However, Barry and Andrew are my first cousins, and um, their dad wasn't into football, were they? So, was he, Barry? No, not at all. So, obviously, you're the older one of you and Andrew, um, and my dad obviously took you to football, and that was it, I'm assuming. So... Yeah, I actually knew your mum before your dad did. Um, and then when when you did come along, Kelvin, I think uh, I was only a three or something. And 
although my dad wasn't into football, the, the family as a whole were all Spurs fans. Spurs, not mad. They, but probably, they probably still are what's left to them. Yeah, they probably right. still are. And, uh, they're one of the first season tickets season ticket holders at White Island. Something like that. Yeah, That's, I was told it. that. Well, I do right. remember taking you to football, Barry, for the first time with, with you and your dad. And yeah. uh, after the game, you went hair off down the stairs and we all went, both of us went running after you to make sure you were safe and well. But that was your, as far as I can remember, your introduction to going to Arsenal Football Club. Oh, OK. What I didn't know I that? went with my... I didn't <clears> know I was with my dad at my first game. That's a new thing to me, so... That's good. Can I tell I mean, I you, Barry? Sorry, Dad. Can I just say that every time Dad comes on this podcast, I learn something new. Yeah. There were so many stories he said about breaking down and everything else that I never even knew. Sorry, Dad, what year was it that Barry went with you and um, Uncle? I'm, I'm going to try and have a guess here. Because, well, it is a guess because I don't know. But uh, 68. It may have been... When when were you? Uh, well, let's let's just take this back. When were you say four or five? What year? Sixty-eight. Well, right. I so let's just go with. Let's just say around sixty-eight, because then I okay. came along at sixty-nine. But Andrew was here. So Andrew, did you go? Did you take Andrew to Highbury before you took me, Dad? Well. Yeah, I remember going to Highbury at around five, six years old. And I, I actually do have a memory of dad, my dad being there as well. Yes. Um, I, I do think, remember uh, it was a, a nil-nil game. It probably wasn't, <laughs> but most of them were nil-nil games in those days. So uh, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say Arsenal that. Game. I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Some of them were awful games and we lost. So not unfortunately, were they nil-nil. <laughs> but yes, I do remember you coming. I do, obviously, your dad... Um, with you at the time and you've just both you and uh, and Barry have grown beautifully into top gooners <laughs> so yeah so then I come along obviously the top gooner of us all and um you took me when I was four That's almost what you, three or five almost four or, oh, almost, almost four, yeah, four yeah. but there was other things going on in your life, such as you recited the double team of 1971 when you were nearly four. No, no, Dad, in 1971, I was two. So I don't yeah. know how I would have recited the double team. You mean in uh, 73? Two years later. Yes. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. At, at, at nearly four, everyone this. At nearly four, you recited the double team at a hotel in Bournemouth and... We had gone down there in, in a van I was driving at the time, and uh, you recite the double team, and everybody was shocked around me that you you could do it so well, but I wasn't. <laughs> so there we go, what people. What was it like, not... though, doing the double in those years? That's what Kelvin. we're going to get to that. Go on. I mean, it, was, it wasn't like a double now or a treble now. I mean, 71 double would have been amazing. Dad, Andrew's uh, asked you a question. I'm sorry, but I'm just reading what's come up on the screen. Sorry, repeat that, Andrew. What was the double like in 71? It must have come as a bit of a surprise as well and just an amazing year. Um, <laughs> do you want me to talk about the actual day we won the league at down the road? Absolutely. I've led, I've led you into I can, that. I can, <laughs> I'll take this. Uh, well, you know, fair enough. 
in, um, a, in a nutshell, Dad. In a nutshell. Well, this is a very big nutshell then because always I used to write away to the way club for tickets for the game against Arsenal. And I wrote away in March. And I wrote away in February for the game in April, I think it was. And, and four tickets came back in a stamped to just John Phillip, which, of course, I sent. The game was then put back to the last Monday of the season before the FA Cup final, which we happened to be in as well against Liverpool. And I remember your, your dad um, came with me and two other friends. One was a Tottenham friend and one was an Arsenal friend. How they got there, I do not know. But all I know is I left home about four o'clock in the afternoon I got parked very close to the ground and I've never seen anything like it at half past four. I, I ended up sitting in a cafe with a Tottenham uh, father and his son and the son was crying. So I sat opposite them and I said, well, what's the problem? They said, uh, we haven't got tickets to get in. So there's nothing I could say about that. So then after that, I wandered down... Um, Paxton Road, I think it was. Yes, I think that's what it was. Because my entrance was the West End, nearer Paxton Road. And I'd still be a policeman and just watched the bedlam going on around us. And one thing I've never forgotten is a guy climbed up the drain pipe, got to the top window and just launched himself in the top of it. I never saw him again. I presume he's still alive, or he was then. I ended up sitting in the top right-hand corner of the stand with um, your dad and with his two other friends. And Ray Kennedy decides around about the 79th, was it, or 8th, 78th minute, I can't remember the exact time, to nod a ball in, a beautiful ball. Minute. Sorry? 89th minute, wasn't it? No, it was earlier That's than Anfield. that. No, 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 no. I thought, anyway, listen, I, I, I can't remember the exact minute, but, I think it was across from Geordie Armstrong. I think so. Who I loved. Oh, I was magic. And he nodded it in the top corner. And, of course, those days, who'd heard of VAR? So it's a goal, isn't it? It's a goal. No flag gone up. No offside. Nothing. Great. Goal. We've gone bon – well, I have. I've gone bonkers. You can't do that today, but I did it then. And, of course, after that, it was sheer bedlam with Bob Wilson nearly getting his head kicked in. Uh, when he went into the middle of a melee to get the ball. But Frank McClintock, Bob Wilson, Bob McNabb, all the boys, John Radford, everybody steamed in, made sure we were safe and we were okay to win that game 1-0. And I stayed there and watched what happened on the pitch afterwards. Camera crew running around with the team and, of course, thousands of Arsenal fans have gone onto the pitch. And when I've come out, I thought, you better be quiet here. So I said nothing, got my back to my uh, van, drove home. But on the television, there was about 30 seconds of it on the news, and that was it. Next morning in the papers, wow, they went to town. It was absolutely brilliant reading it all. And then, of course, I had the trip to Wembley on the following Saturday against Liverpool with the normal three o'clock kickoff. And... Uh, George Graham and uh, Eddie, um, Charlie, our lovely Charlie George, did the honours. And Charlie, who can really hit them, um, buried it 
to the right hand side of Ray Clements. So obviously none of us were there. Um, Adrian wasn't even born. Um, yes. And I, I've often asked you this. I can't remember what you said, to be honest. The greatest night of your life football wise, because obviously mum's listening. Um, 71 at Spurs or 89 at Anfield? 89. Really? Okay. I'm surprised. I thought we would have been at Spurs. For the simple reason that if we went to Spurs and won, it didn't matter what the score was. If we went to Anfield and won 1-0, that wouldn't have helped us. No. But Liverpool were in a different league to what Tottenham were then. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And if you win the game against Liverpool, as I said, you could have win by two clear goals. And, of course, we'd all steamed up the M1, the M6, the M52, the M56, whatever it was. The M62 had a rotten meal at the service stations, which I'll never forget. Is this Anfield now? Yes. Yeah, that's Anfield. We're going to come to yeah. that in a moment. Okay, yeah. we're going to come to that. Um, so, obviously... We all grew up, all of us, um, it, it was just part of our religion was Arsenal. Everything was run round it. Every time one of us met a partner, if it was a girlfriend or a boyfriend, it was like, yeah, does he support Arsenal? Where does he come from? It, it, it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was part of our being. It's like when people say, could you ever swap to support another team, it was like, are you mad? It just, it's like asking if you'd swap another religion. It just, it's just you just don't do that. Um, and then what happened was later on in our life, Andrew, you were as much Arsenal as we were, but then headed off for a new life in Australia in 93, wasn't it? 93, I watched us do the cup double against Sheffield Wednesday. And, and yeah, that was the, the second... After that one, that was uh, end of that year, decided to uh, to come to, to Australia. And I thought it was uh, a peak time to, to leave England. We'd done the won the league, we'd gone to Anfield, we'd done the cup double. What else was there to see after that in 93? Well, 94, we won in Copenhagen. Was you, did you go to that or not? I didn't, know. No, nor did no, I. I just got I to Australia. Um, so so yeah, it was a bit of a rich history afterwards. So how did you manage to watch Arsenal games? Because obviously now it's, it's so global, it's, it's not even a question need answering. But in the 90s, were you able to watch Arsenal? There wasn't a lot in the 90s. I think it exploded here in probably early 2000s. You could watch the, the odd game, but we probably saw as many games live as was happening in, in, you know, in the UK live. Um, but then I think you know once the Sky Sports had blown it all out and it became a... You know, national phenomenon and then international um i think it became here you know, the biggest sport probably the biggest tv sport to the point now where every game shown live here in australia and i think around 
around the world, everywhere but the UK, you can watch virtually every game live. Yeah. So here we got a subscription 10, 15 years ago. I was living in Perth where it was only 10 hours difference um, at times and, you know, sorry, eight hours difference at times and you could watch games at 11 o'clock with a good three o'clock kickoff. Um, but Melbourne, when I was living in Melbourne for the probably the, the glory years of, of the early Wenger, it was 11-hour time difference and trying to watch games at two in the morning and I was, you know, committed watching watching games at two, three, four in the morning and when you won, the buzz was there and, yeah, you didn't get too much sleep. And, and I think we've had this conversation, Amanda, that um, it's amazing that, you know, the, the support around the world and it doesn't matter where you go, I've travelled a fair bit around Asia, around Africa and there is passionate football supporters and passionate Arsenal supporters that that know as much as, you know, as we did from growing up and, and still do. And, you know, you guys are privileged that you go and get to, to the Arsenal, you know, every week. I know Kelvin's not going at the moment, but, you know, it's such a privilege that you guys go there and get there and, you know, international visitors that might go once a year or once every couple of years feel like, you know, that's a that's a blessing for them. Absolutely. And honestly, Andrew, and still I started podcasting, what, 10, 12 years ago and being on social media, I took going to the Emirates and Highbury absolutely for granted. It was and sometimes it was a bit of a pain because I had to go out as a wedding or, you know, I was tired as a as a younger person, took it all for granted if, you know. And now it's so totally different with social media, especially. But <clears throat> I've been on a few um, Australian Guna podcasts. The, the passion is, well, to get up at two, three in the morning, as I've always said, and watch a match, we don't do that here. I wouldn't. I didn't stay up for the MLS match the other night at two o'clock in the morning. There's no way I would do that. Um, but it's, it's so interesting for me when, you know, you, you get the people that go to football, are very different as well in the stadium when you chat to them on social media, not everyone's on social media that goes to the Emirates, that is for sure. Um, and you meet, there's so many tourists at the Emirates now. Um, it's so it's so popular that if you look at Arsenal in America now and United are in America and all the other big teams are around the world, it's like they're at home. The passion is exactly the same. It's because we're not tourists, Amanda, when we come there. We're fans. True. Like every that. other fan. We're a fan whether we're watching it at home or if we get the occasional chance to come to, to the Emirates. I mean, I feel like I, you know, I've been often enough. So, you know, again, I feel it's a, it's a privilege when I'm there. But it's fans around the world. I know I've heard the term tourists before and how tourists spend more money. But that's because it is a, you know, it's an occasional one-off. But... You know, you're a, you're a true fan still. doesn't matter where you are around the world. Absolutely. And I've always said this on this podcast, that if you're a fan of Arsenal from Africa, Russia, Sweden, Greenland, wherever, I don't care. You're one of us and that's that. You don't win. None of us are born in London, in high, near Highbury. So we're all Essex people. It makes no difference if you support the club. Sorry, Barry, Matt, did you want to say? As I say, as you know, over the years, I've sold your ticket outside. And I've got a lot of tourists come to me, uh, come in with me. And what's amazing is their knowledge. It's not just they're a fan of the club, or their knowledge of the players, the past, the ground, the reserves. It, it's quite, in fact, most of them know more than me. Yep, they uh, do. Often, let's put it that way. So 
um, that's the thing. It's not just they've come for to, to experience one live game in their lifetime. They really are. It's an absolute passion of theirs. It, um, it so is, and 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 that's what I was. I've always tried to get over on these podcasts that they're just as respected as us. And when people go plastic fans, uh, we're, we're the plastic ones. We won't stay up at two o'clock in the morning and watch a match. We wouldn't do it, get up at 4am and do it. I know so many people that do this, but moving on. So Adrian, you were born into this family. Okay. So for you, this is normal. Okay. Arsenal is just normal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so weird if you're not, in this sort of family where, you know, I've met people growing up, they're not really into football. There's not many, mm. most are. But so coming into this and coming out, I mean, obviously you've gone since, Dad's had a season ticket for you for how long? My Ever. first game was 96. Um, and how old were you? I'm in four. Um, so I've been going religiously since I was four, but that was my first game. You did, you did say this is normal. I'm very aware we're not a normal family to, <laughs> to be this big in, in Arsenal. Um, but no, very like usual for us. Um, but yeah, no, it's first game. My first game was two against Derby. I remember it this day. Um, and you might not know it was Vieira's first goal. He equalised for us in the 90th minute. Um, can you remember that? I don't, I, Adrian, I've December been ninety-six. So um, yeah, Vieira's first game, first goal. And you were four years old in ninety-six. That's just like. Old. I feel so old. Um, but Adrian, it, you say it's not normal. There's plenty of football families around. There, there, there are. It's just that it, wherever dad goes, everybody knows dad in the area. Where, wherever. I could be out somewhere and someone will say, oh, I know your dad. He's Arsenal, isn't he? That's how I was brought up. So when people now see my son, Jack, they'll go, oh, mum, yeah. Oh, she loves Arsenal, doesn't yeah. she? And it, it's just like... Amanda Arsenal is the next thing. So you're you're one of the younger ones. So obviously you're Wenger then. That's all you've known is Wenger and yeah. right up to now. Um, that, that's so interesting because, you know, when we ask people, and I'm going to ask everybody on the panel in a second, who their favourite manager is, I'll ask you first, Adrian, who is your favourite manager as of today? I mean, like, it can't be anyone other than Wenger. I mean, just because the, 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 the time he's had that I've been alive for, I mean, Arteta, fantastic. Everything's been positive, but it's 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 it would be wrong to say he's my favourite manager, given the years that, that Wenger put in when I was like, growing up. All of this, um, yeah, without question. Okay, Dad, who was your favourite manager? George Graham. Okay, Barry. Wenger, but I can understand why your dad just said George Graham. I think George Graham did a lot for the club. Uh, but what Wenger did surpassed that and for a longer period of sustained success when we weren't expected to be successful. Man United were massive when we were successful so uh, and Liverpool were at the beginning as well. So um, just longevity. I think Arteta could, in time, get there. I'm not sure there'll be a statue of George Graham outside the stadium, but there could well be a statue of Wenger. And let's all hope there is a statue of Arteta as well at some stage, because that'd be blooming good news, wouldn't it? There is a statue of Wenger coming. This is because oh, no. you, you're not on social media. It yeah, is coming. However, yeah. the reasons there's two reasons George Graham won't have a statue. Not that I'm going to go into them here, yeah. but there are two reasons. Andrew, who's yours? I mean, Wenger's got to be interested in terms of what he brought. But for me, as a personal highlight, 
you know, I was there for the great for the George Graham years, and yeah, they were such a highlight as well. So it, it is a mix, but I think yeah, Wenger, Wenger always. Okay, so I'm George Graham, um, and I think it's because he gave me the greatest footballing moment of my life. So I don't think that. I, and you're saying, it, Barry, that Man United were massive, but Liverpool were massive. To topple them in the last seconds of a game, yeah. how, how can you beat that? You can't beat well, that. Li- Liverpool were the Man City of today, weren't they? Then they were. They'd won the cup, by the way, at Anfield. They were mm. they were one minute away from the double, not just the league, and they were fantastic. Every every player they had was unbelievable, miles ahead of everyone else except us, of course. Um, but. Uh, the longevity of it. Wenger didn't have an Anfield moment, but he had lots of moments. We also won the league at White Hart Lane under Wenger. I was there. The Invincibles. Um, And the Invincibles. And the quality of the football was 10 times better under Wenger um, than George. Bless him. He knew how to win, but he didn't really know how to entertain as such. Um, But no, George Graham was very successful. Wenger was successful longer and better. So I'm going to ask the people in the chat room, because we've got all different ages, who it is. Karen says George Graham. Um, the, the thing is with Wenger, and the first 10 years were absolutely outstanding. I mean, you can't, you can't deny that. It was just beautiful. He stayed far too long. However, he did inherit the back four, which came from Graham. And to say that Graham didn't play good football is a bit disingenuous, Barry, because Not I know you're saying 1-0 to Arsenal and put... But, I was entertained. You know, he changed the club in 86. We won our first first trophy. That was my first live final when I went to Wembley. So I find it really hard because, of course, Wenger has been absolutely, he's changed everything at the club. But George Graham started that. And yeah. I think I think it's very hard to choose. I knew Dad would go with Graham. I thought one of you, Andrew or Barry, would go with Graham and one with Wenger. And I knew, obviously, 100% Adrian would be Wenger. And it, yes, it would be. And apparently, the unveiling is the 3rd of August, someone's just told me in the uh, chat room. Um, okay. Wonder where it'll be outside the ground. Um, I think we've been lucky that we've had such wonderful managers that we, we can have this debate. Yeah. I think there's other clubs that wouldn't be able to have this debate where... They haven't brought the trophies or, or the moments or the you know that that the eighty nine moment or the invincible. What one's better in our lifetime to be able to have that debate is uh, is spectacular. It, uh, we're very lucky. Listen, you could be Tottenham fans, couldn't you, and have none of this? I mean, seriously. Yeah, and thanks, we know Colby. plenty of them. <laughs> I mean, George <laughs> yes, Graham. One God. of these, one <laughs> of the reasons to go for George Graham is because he was a player as well. He was Arsenal when you saw him, Mister Arsenal, literally. You know, um, even when he's a Spurs manager, he's Mr. Arsenal. So that that's an added little bonus. Um, but no, the fact he was in the double team, played for a number of years, was brought up the Arsenal way. You know, you did see Arsenal Football Club when you saw George Graham. Not sure that's quite so much with Wenger. He, 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 in, instantly, initially, I mean, uh, he, he grew into being Mr. Arsenal, but... Um, so, although George Graham's managerial longevity wasn't the same, his Arsenal longevity was. So, that's why they're, they're virtually equal, if you like, from that point of view. I've been lucky enough to meet both and have conversations with both. And we were very lucky as Arsenal fans. Um, so, moving on through the years, we all, you know, Andrew, you did come back quite a few times for our cup finals, didn't you, from Australia? 
Yeah, I remember when I when I emigrated, I said to Barry, um, Barry said, when are you coming back? And I said, well, when we got a chance to do the double, I'll come back. And um, that was a few years later, five years later, had that opportunity. Barry, prom- Barry promised 90. me he'd, uh, he'd get me a ticket in uh, yeah, for the 98 final. So I came back, I flew in on the Friday. We managed to scramble a ticket on the Saturday. I think it was a corporate ticket. We had the opportunity to chat with Frank McClintock. Uh, the only thing I remember about that chat was he had a go at me for, for losing my uh, English accent and sounding Australian after five years when he uh-huh. sounded so Scottish. Um, and then, yeah, the cup fighter was amazing. My birthday was the day after and then uh, flew home the day after that. But I've done that a few times, been to a I few of the cup have. finals. I've been fortunate mate. enough to come over to London for a few times and... Uh, yeah, get to see some pretty good games. I've seen a good a good few Arsenal Tottenham games where um where I think the last one, the four two, the five two, a couple of the five twos. So yeah, I've been fortunate to be able to get back and uh, and see a number of games. Are you coming over for the Tottenham game this year, Andrew? I was just talking to a Tottenham mate about it. And what is it? It's <laughs> middle of September, isn't it? It's quite an early game. So yeah, definitely. Keep that in mind. If you want the ticket, you can have it. <laughs> Priorities. Come on. <laughs> this is what goes on. This is the family. We're all discussing who's going to have what ticket, where, where we're going to meet, what cafe we're going in, what time we can leave. We always argue about the time we're going to leave. It is, it, this is what it's like. This is no different to what it's like. And I do miss you, Andrew. And it's so funny when you come back and you sit with us at the Emirates, it's like you're never gone. And then when you go, it's like, where is he? You know, because you are part of that. However, you weren't at Anfield 89, but you went with me to high for the whole weekend. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I, um, I, I think the one disappointment in my life, the biggest disappointment in my life, I think, was was not doing 89 and having a different 89 experience to, to you three, I guess. And, uh, um, yeah, you can, you can enjoy it, but, yeah, a big disappointment for me. But we pushed <laughs> to the front at, uh, at Highbury, I know that. We were, Andrew, we were there the whole weekend, drinking and singing and everything. Um, it was just an incredible weekend, incredible times um, that hopefully, Adrian, one day you'll experience. But you see, Adrian, it was funny because about six, seven years ago, we bumped into each other at Anfield, didn't we? Anfield, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Went up I with think her. I was up there for the weekend, so I used to go for weekends and I loved it. Um, and then I've gone into the away end at Anfield and there you're standing with a couple of your mates. And we were, yeah. We thought we went through a phase of going to quite a few away games. We loved it. I mean, I'd probably prefer them to home games, really. Um, but yeah, we went up, drove up for the day. It's a fantastic game, I think. I think. Can't remember the result, but no. We didn't lose that one. But you've got some um, exciting, wonderful news, hopefully next month, where a new little Guna could be coming into the family. And finally, yeah. I can buy something that is Arsenal related <laughs> for a baby because there's no one in my life I can do that for. So we're all excited about that. Um, Adrian, what was your... What's your... Okay, so now be honest because obviously... You, me, Dad and Carl, we go to football, we sit in the cafe, we sit at football together. People in the chat room um, know me as Miss Positive. I am generally positive about the club and the way it's going. They're just like me. No, no. No No one's like you. No one. Um, So, Adrian, people in the chat room want to know because 
they want some embarrassing stories about me. There isn't any, I'm afraid. However, I think They're one of the funniest. Amanda. Shut up. The, the funniest thing is, is I think one of the funniest thing I've ever had was Barry when we was at Chelsea with Dad and David Platt got off the coach. Do you remember that? No, yes. go on. Hold on. Trigger. I do. I do. They, so we, for somehow, we got into the players' bit at Chelsea away at Stamford Bridge, right. and David Platt. So I don't know what year it was. Whenever David Platt played for us, the team got off the pit, the coach, and we were allowed to talk to them. And don't you remember Dad talking in Italian to David Platt? Oh yes, yes. And because Dad thinks he knows how to speak Italian, and he knows what about two sentences, he has his whole conversation in Italian with David Platt. It was one of the fun. I know it's, it doesn't sound funny now, but Dad, you didn't understand a word he said, did you? I understood about twenty <laughs> percent of it, and I just flannelled the rest. Months two, months two. He's gone. He's gone in about five seconds if I don't start talking Italian. So I was nodding and doing all the things that the Italians do with their hands, oh, and it's all this business, all that, and. He, he, he was very friendly, I have to say. And I remember the goalie school when the three of us were at, um, what was it, uh, Richard's Bermitzvah, I think it was, in uh, Walthamstow. Yeah. We were playing Man United yeah. on the yeah. Sunday. We all had radios under the table and David Platt scored. He rose That's like a right. salmon. I was talking about this the other day. But I just want to yes. go back to Adrian a second. So we all go to the CAF. Adrian loves having conversations with me, don't you, about the game? Always. To be fair, you're always very positive, aren't you? I can't believe you're known as Miss Positive. Um, but yeah, what was it? Was it the Everton game this year where pre-game, I think Carl said 4-1, I said 4-0, and you looked at us both and said, no chance, no chance we're winning 4-0 this game. What happened? We won 4-0. Often, I'll predict, I don't know, a, a nice 3-0 at home against a mid-table team. And then just get just get daggers over from you. Like not not a chance, but yeah. Right. We were trying to win the league, and I think I was so stressed and plutzing all the time that I was like, no, no, no we're not going to win four 0 There's no way. Sometimes, um, sometimes I'm right though, Adrian. But you are generally very positive. I think I get quite nervous when I just go in the ground and I'm like, you look at me and you go, where would you reckon? And I'll go, I don't know. I don't fancy it now. But yeah, the, these days, Amanda, you're, you're not prepared to commit to a forecast. No, I don't. I don't predict on here either. No, I won't, I I won't do predictions. No, 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 I don't. Because I used to be the started from Kelvin. Whenever we'd go one nil, one nil up, Kelvin would say straight away, "Oh no, we need two. We need two. It's not enough." We'd all be celebrating, and it'd be, "Oh no, we need, we need two. We score a second. Yeah. Oh, no, we need three. Two, two's not enough. Two's not enough." And he sort of passed it well, down we, to well, I just, down to you a little I just, bit. Man. Yeah, you're right. I felt that way, but I don't think I'd feel that way now. But I do remember every time Adrian, you got in the car when I was able to go and I was still going years ago I used to ask you are we going to win today and you went yep and you yeah, gave you... me a score that was often way way out <laughs> but you gave me the score and occasionally occasionally not very often you were right but I was just like you hardly ever right but we were positive in the car and we couldn't wait to get there get into the calf as Amanda loves to say which is right and you meet God knows who when you on the way in, and you sit in. Fred Bloggs walks in with his scarf on, and you know you meet opposing fans. It was a wonderful part of my life that I could was able to do. And unfortunately, now I don't go anymore, as everybody knows. But 
My heart is still at the Emirates. It's actually still at Highbury, but there's a bit left there. And, yeah, I miss all that. But as long as you're doing it, as long as your family are there and just following on my tradition, that's all I can ever ask for. Dad, you WhatsApp me every game. And if we're 3-0 up, you say we've still got to get another two. <laughs> every single game. I'm not That's the 88th minute as well. I it? even have proof on my WhatsApp what you're like. You don't fancy it. Oh, my God, this is going to happen. He stresses me out. Um, however, however, if it wasn't for you, none of us would be there. So I do appreciate that. And I know you love the Arsenal more than anything. <laughs> yeah, that includes someone you know well. Someone I know very well. Um, yes. So, so Adrian, what's it like being <laughs> grown up with us all? Like all just mental Arsenal fans. What's it like? Yeah, I'm just a, just as as uh, nuts as, uh, <laughs> as you four. Um, well, actually, one thing to say. Do you know why I am so positive at Arsenal? Once and only once have I ever predicted Arsenal not to win, and that was the FA Cup final 2001. And little nine-year-old me predicted we'd lose two-one to Liverpool, and we did. And uh, I think that, I think that scars me. So I've I've never since then predicted we would not win a game. Uh, oh, was that when um, Michael Owen? Was, was that yeah when he handballed on the line? What's his name? Yeah. And we should have had a penalty. Henchos. I, I wasn't physically there. I was watching it at a yeah, not watching at home. But I remember you. I think you all went. All the, the yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we went. Yeah, we flew to Cardiff. Do you remember? And the plane, and the plane went late, and we had to. Well. Oh no, it wasn't that one. That was Chelsea. When we that had was to Chelsea run. Going. Yeah, we had to right. run from the from the coach because we couldn't get to the. We got to the seats when they were doing the the anthem. What's it called? The, abide it with called? me. That's it. Oh, I love abide with me. Um, so, Andrew, in Perth, I know there's lots of supporters clubs. I know there's lots of pubs people go to. Do you ever watch football with lots of? Uh, expat Gooners or Aussie Gooners? Yeah, I think the last one that probably went to that was the most atmosphere was uh, was the cup final against Chelsea. And we went to uh, to the casino. Um, very big crowd. And yeah, it's, it's like being there. The atmosphere is great. There's singing. There's a lot of people there. And, and Perth's, Perth's probably not the biggest in terms of uh, the Arsenal Supporters Club, but you go around Australia, Melbourne and Sydney, it is, it's it's huge. And you go to, to pubs, different pubs, the, the different clubs, the different Guna clubs are at. And, you know, you do, you just mix with people who are as big as fans as, as you guys are and that, that we all are. So, yeah, I think there's, you, you guys should come out and do it more often. You should come <laughs> to Australia and experience that uh, that joy of watching it with with fans from around the world. Well, when I was in New York about five years ago, we played Crystal Palace, but unfortunately they moved it to a Monday night. So Monday afternoon, people are working in New York. So not everyone was came down, but I watched it in um, O'Hanlon's with about, I don't know, about seven or eight gooners. One is an expat English, but the rest were just, you walked into this pub, I'm not joking, Arsenal memorabilia everywhere. It was like an Arsenal pub. It wasn't even like a normal pub. It was fantastic. And uh, sorry, a bar out there. And they had the long bar like you see on the American shows. And, and Omri and Wright T-shirt, everything was everywhere. I felt like I was just back in Arsenal watching a game. And it was fantastic to watch it with them. I made some good friends out there. Now they're watching live yesterday at the MetLife Stadium or whatever the stadium's called. I just, I'm just so pleased and, you know, pleased that Arsenal were able to travel and 
fans get to so, see it So a question for you guys, is there going to be a 39th game? Is there going to be an international game that is Might outside of the UK? I don't think it'll be long. Hmm, possibly. Not final, the the Champions League. I can see it being America because of the owners and I can see the business acumen as well. You know, they go out, they wore the new away top, which we'll get to in a second, um, yesterday. And that's probably, and um, when I look around the crowd, generally most were in the red, but you could see so many of this new away top. It's all about, we know this, it's all about the business. Has anyone seen the away top, by the way? Not as good as last year's. Well... Um, I loved last no, year's. It was beautiful, and it's it, it's generally a little bit of a monstrosity. However, when I was out shopping yesterday, I bumped into someone who was wearing it, and I stopped him, and we started talking, and he had it on. That's why I stopped him. I actually really like it now. I think the bruised banana came out, and people didn't like it. Have you seen it, Barry, yet or not? I've seen it. Um, I Luminous. like it more when we start when we start winning in it. That'll be uh, make the, <laughs> the make all the difference. Um, yeah, no, look. We've worn black, we've worn pink, we've worn everything. So, come on, you, whatever the colour is, I don't know. Illuminous what? green. Come on, you, illuminous greens. Yeah, it has, <laughs> I think we need to work out a song for that one. But yeah, it's a bit different so, to saying "Come on, you yellows." Well, yeah, it's weird. We can't. They just don't do yellow. Well, they haven't done yellow this season. The last year away top, the black one was fabulous. It was just beautiful. Adrian, you're going to buy the away top. For me, no. Maybe for future daughter, something cute, maybe. I wish you look lovely in the luminous green. Please, God. Oh, um, you can do that, Amanda. Buy her a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want the away top. You know I never buy jerseys, ever, ever, ever. Yeah. But um, I fancy that top. Being it's my birthday next week, I'm putting it out there. Um, so let's Are move you on to... Carl? <laughs> He's in the chat room. Um, talking about our love for the Arsenal and, and, and everything like that, We've all got our memories and, and wonderful times that we've all spent together. And obviously, that's our massive connection, the fact that we're family as well. But it is our massive connection. You know, we know what we mean when we say Barry's always had two rules at football, which I still say to this day, always look down and it's always colder than you think. They are your two rules at football. They're the wrong way round. <laughs> it's always colder than you think and always look down. Always look down when you're walking. That that applied mostly to Highbury. So you get get it straight. There's a lot of horses around at the time. Yeah. Um, but always colder than you think. In, even in summer, it's always colder than you think. Think of football. Um, what was what's yours, Kelvin? Only takes a second. <laughs> no. And and you can't no, park I on have, the left hand I, side. I have to, that. That was that was the days of Hackney. <laughs> yes, that was the days of Hackney and Islington. No, yes, no, and that this was is getting brilliant. boring. I'm getting bored now. Come on. You brought um, it up. There, there is one thing I always say, and Amanda knows this, before the start of every season, I say goal difference counts. And if you go back to Anfield, it certainly did. And the other thing I say to Amanda, every Once single every game Once every 35 years, you're right, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> every, every game I say to Amanda, hope your team wins. Yes, that is our thing. Hope your team. And when I say it to people, they often say, but it's the same team and I just have to explain it. So obviously that goes <laughs> out the window. Hope your team wins. Um, even your wife says it now. So the, the thing is as well, 
is that we're now coming up to current time. You know, Barry, we're going in a couple of weeks. We're back to the Emirates. Um, back home. Back home, as we say. Happy New Year to all of us. Adrian will be there, hopefully. Um, Andrew, you'll have to start getting up at 2, 3 in the morning again to start our 23, 24 season off. And Dad will be on the WhatsApp negative every single game. Oh, we've got to win this by five. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. Um so what's your hopes and dreams for next season, Andrew? I, I loved last season. I thought it was a fantastic season. It was it probably came a little bit out of the blue. And it just brought me back to realising what I love about football, which is watching good football and winning football games. And that joy of, you know, post-game being able to to talk about what went well, the goals, rewatch it. You know, I think the, the Reese Nelson goal against Bournemouth, I think I was watching that at 2am, could not get to sleep because I just had to watch it over and over again and then the last two minutes and then the last five minutes. So to me, just enjoying the way we're playing football, watching quality players. And this year, I do think we've got a very good chance of winning a major trophy. I think we, we, you know, we've got to be setting our sights on winning the league. And I think we can win the league. You, you know, you look at what we've done in the season of of signing, you know, the key stars, the Martinellis, the Sackers, and then bringing in Havertz, Timber, Rice. You know, we're, we're an extremely strong side. And you put that up against now player for player with City, we're as good as City. And we're better than everyone else. So, it's interesting. Yeah, Every I think time we... someone says that, Timber, Havertz, Rice, I think it sounds like solicitors. But it's so funny. You're so right. Sorry, you were saying, you think man for man we're as good as City? Yep, I think so. I think just player for play we're as good as City. There's no one, you know, apart from Haaland maybe, but... De Bruyne maybe? No, maybe. I think, I think, you know, Erdegaard has, has proven himself... And you know, another season in the league, he looks fantastic. So, so yeah, you, know, you, could, you could put them up and go, yep, this one's a little bit better than that one. This one's a little bit better. But, you know, is Pep better than Arteta? Probably by a little bit. But, you know, that doesn't matter when it comes to winning the league. Just got to keep winning football games. And that's what we did well last year and what we've got to do again this year. Okay, so, so what's I'm the difference gonna... then if we've got the same, same quality team? What is the difference? It's clear they're, they're a better team than us. Belief or quality? Confidence, right, Let me just put this question eight. up. Hold on, everyone. Let me just put this question we can all answer. So, Carl, start because we're going to start putting the questions now. What is success for Arsenal and what is failure next season? So, Andrew, just in a nutshell, what is success and what's failure for you? Winning the league is success. Yeah, being top four, that's why we got rid of Wenger, just because, you know, every year being in top four, success is winning the league next year. And failure? It's not winning the league. No. Okay. Barry, you'll have your say in a second. Adrian? Mentality. Sorry, mentality of winning. You've got to have that mentality of winning. You asked Arteta what failure is, and that's got to be what failure is today. Okay. I think we've found a new Mr. Positive. That is is uh, that's quite <laughs> ambitious. I think success, we were a, a dominant second this year. I think we're going to have a lot more games now, harder games of the Champions League. I think other teams might improve. Success would be another dominant second, uh, I would say. Failure would be anything less than that. 
so third or or lower. Um, yeah. Okay, so Barnaby is a United fan and said Man City's midfield walks on Arsenal's, to be honest, not enough defensive stability for Arsenal. However, we have just signed Havertz and it looks like Partey's staying. So Barnaby, we might have that. Barry, what's your success and failure for the season? Well, success would be competing again. Last year was fantastic. We were, you know, in the conversation the whole time till, till it trailed off at the end there from day one. So if we're competing at the top, that will be success. If we don't win it, doesn't mean it's a failure. Last year was not a failure. If we had the same again this year, it wouldn't be a failure. I think Man City, no one is going to say we're better or equal than Man City. No one really can say that with all heart, hand on heart and say that, I don't think. They've got deeper squad, better players in certain positions. No one can say Arteta is better than uh, Guardiola. I mean, come on. A uh, bit one-eyed. So... Success will be competing. Failure will be not competing. Failure will definitely be not in the top four and not competing. I mean, we can have a successful year and be in the top four and we can have a, a terrible year and come fourth. It depends how the season goes, the closeness of it. Everyone else is going to improve. Chelsea, Man U, Liverpool, uh, Newcastle, City are not going to get much weaker. Uh, they won the treble last year. Possibly the best team ever quite frankly, certainly in the Premiership. So failure is not not winning the league. I don't think that is would be deemed a failure. But we do need to get close to competing in the tournaments. And when I say the tournaments, we're talking the league being competitive in the Champions League and having a, a good run in pro probably the FA Cup. Um, but also what's uh, successful is playing enjoyable football. No one at the Emirates last year did not enjoy virtually every game. Every game was fun. Bournemouth at home, who would have thought the highlight of last year would be winning the last minute against Bournemouth? I mean, that was, it was a competitive league. It was enjoyable. Even the smaller games were enjoyable. If we have a season like last year where we love 90% of the season, that would be success for me. Okay. Dad? Success to me would be winning the English League and FA Cup double and then coming into the last four at the very least of the Champions League with, with a very, very good rate of less bookings, less sendings off, whoever we may have had sent off last season, I can't remember, but if we did, we did. <coughs> Excuse me. And where people recognise that once again we're playing some brilliant football and hopefully you keep a team in defence that we had like with Saliba doing as brilliantly as he was. And yes, Barry, I agree with you with that goal against Bournemouth, but that was down to the Bournemouth goalkeeper messing around, which is why another minute had been added onto the seven. And Reese Nelson scored that screamer in the eighth minute of injury time because of what the goalkeeper did. So, yes, we want luck like that. We want to be able to do things like that while we're 2-0 up, not two, back to 2-2 two, two from 2-0 two down. But I would dearly, dearly love to win the league again and the FA Cup with it and come in the 
top the the the, the last four of the Champions League at least. At least. At least. Well, so how, how would you want Amanda? How would you want Arteta to answer that question? Well, Arteta would answer it that he'd want to win it all because he's a winner. That's how he sees it in his head. However, realistically, you do have to look at City and don't everyone faint, but I, I agree with basically most of what Barry has said. Um, and I don't think we are as good as City yet. However, we haven't started the season and it's going to be a weird season now because last year, pre-season, we were awesome and then we just carried on. Um, and we had no expectations. We didn't have a clue what was going on what was going to happen this year it's now there's more pressure on them you know we took City to that title to the last couple of like three four games um I, I think failure would be not winning something that that for me a trophy um and success would be to be as good or even but we need to beat City once at least in the season to have any chance of winning the league so I'd see failure as not being able to beat City again, um, home or away. Um, but I wouldn't see failure as not winning the league. I don't think we've got a divine right to do it, Andrew, because we had an amazing run last year. Uh, that That's how I see it anyway. But w the thing with our manager is... He is a winner. That's how he sees life. That's how he is. He was brought up under Wenger and he was coached by Pep as well. He, you know, so he's had the best of both worlds there. Um, that was a good question. Thank you for that. And sorry, has anyone else got anything to say? So this time last year, success would have been scraping into the top four and playing the most boring football in the world. We'll take Absolutely. that. That would be success. We That's what we we've moved said. on quite a lot in 12 months. And hence now where the pressure's coming in, Barry. They weren't under pressure last year. No one even spoke about us last year. Now it's all about us and City. Bring it on. Bring it on. Um, William Jack, welcome to the show and thank you for your question. Do the panel think we need another striker? And how will our plethora of attacking midfielders fit into the system? Dad, you can answer that first. Well, the general talk is that we are going to try and find another striker and supposedly they're after this Caduce. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. But yes, I think we need another striker or give Balogun a chance and let him have a few games in a run to see if he can do what he professes he could do. And attacking midfielders, it changed now with Rice coming in, with Urien coming in. Um, I don't know what Havertz is going to do for us. I'm still not sure. But it's all down to the wonderful Mikel Arteta, in my opinion, to sort this out and get it sorted quickly. Because you've only got, what, two and a half, three weeks for the league season and two weeks before we play City at Wembley. It is, I still think that we are going to have another player coming in at the least. OK. Adrian? Yeah, we do need another striker, I think. I think the real difference between us and City is depth and, and depth of quality. They've got two world-class players per position and we, we just don't have that. When uh, Jesus got injured last year, we had a massive drop in, well, not a massive drop in form, but a noticeable drop in, in form. And I think adding a, a world-class striker, adding depth to our, our strike force is going to be, yeah, hugely useful. Um, so, yeah, we, we do need another striker without question. 
Andrew? Yeah, definitely. We definitely need another striker and that'll make a, a big difference. I think as much as we'd love to see Balogun come through, you know, it's, it's great to have on the bench and come, come off that bench, but we definitely need another striker and who that may be, I don't know. But adding some more depth to, to the strike force and being able to rotate with confidence um, Jesus in and out of that um, number nine position, I think is going to be critical for us. We did say that last year as well, though. Yeah. Yeah, I love Jesus. I think he's going to bang this year with Emil Smith-Rowe as well. Um, Barry? Well, 100%. It's not even a discussion. Of course we need another striker. We've got one decent striker at the club who, with the best one in the world, is not going to play every game. Um, Havats is an interesting one. It could be a flop, could be absolute success. We don't know. He looks a bit physically lightweight for the Premier League, but we'll see. But of course we need we need three quality strikers and we've probably got one quite frankly and we need it's the quality it's not just numbers so a couple of the players in our squad bless them they try hard but they're not really good enough for a top four club so we need top four strikers we probably need two top four strikers do you think another, there are another, do you think the top four Barry or the top six apart from Man City who's got a who's got a top striker at the moment not Mbappe's free. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Top, Look, Tottenham have man, you also need Harry. strikers. But I'm not saying they're easy, but if Jesus gets injured um, again, and he's bound to miss some of the season, right? And even even when he's not injured, he also needs to break, have a break, rotate. We need options up front. We haven't got options up front at the moment, I don't think. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Havat, Havat, whatever his name is. Uh, um, but we definitely need a, another quality preferably an unknown i mean if you know if uh, if we have got it within great um and ketia bless him tries hard i think he's very easy to defend against for top defenders if you see the question below so you can all say yes or no because you just mentioned eddie and ketia will he push on for the season or do we need to move him on barry move him on he won't push on and he we, we don't want to move him on either he's a useful uh, squad player <laughs> but he's not really the answer to step in for 10 games when Jesus is injured. So I'm happy he's around. I'd like him to push on. Um, he just hasn't got enough goals in him. And as a striker, that's pretty fundamental. Does everyone agree with that? Keep him at the club, but we do need another striker. No, no, I don't. Because if we can get money for him and Balogun stays, then I would do that. But if, if Balogun doesn't want to go where we want him to go or we can't get an offer that we accept is his value, then yes, you'll have to keep him as well. well I would we like him to improve. We're not going to get anything from for Nketiah. Mm. He's not going to change our budget. A lot of people are talking about Ivan Tony in January. Carl said that, but a lot of people on these podcasts in the chat rooms are always talking about Ivan Tony. Let's see, William Jack just said the same thing. I'd bite your hand off for him. Yeah. He, very good player. He's, he's unpredictable. That's what we need. And Ketia, bless him, he's very predictable. Uh, Tony has got something about him. He's a bit got a, a devil streak in him as well. And he's proven. He's, he scores the goals in a team that is not very uh, um, a top team. If he had more space and more chances being created for him, he's, I think he's very dangerous. And he's relatively young. He's not that old, is he? So that would be perfect. 
I just read in two different um, journals that uh, he has changed his agent and the press seems to think that means he wants to move again when he can in January. Would, we, would Arsenal buy a player who has had a history of what he's done? Yes, they would. Yeah, it's, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'd have him. <laughs> I, mean, I would have Thomas yeah. Partey's got a questionable history, hasn't he? I, Sorry, I asked. Thomas Partey's got a questionable history, hasn't he? Allegations, but he's got a questionable history. I think that with Ivan Tony, I think he's proven, and I think that would go so far. And everyone deserves a second chance in that respect, I suppose. However, we've got so many questions. Let's just uh, let me go through them. Otherwise, Andrew will be up about 4am. The Charlie George said, question with no Xhaka, will Arsenal get bullied? Yes or no, Adrian? No, I disagree with that. I disagree with that. I think Xhaka being quite volatile attracted a lot of that in the first place. So I reckon without having someone that teams can focus in on and, and give a little kick to, no, no, I don't think we're going to get bullied without Jacka. No. Right, I, um, Andrew. I think we'll be targeted again. I think there'll be a lot of physical um, um, tackles coming in, um, but I think as, as Barry said, we've got to just play our quality football. Are we going to be as physical as other teams? No, but you know, technically, we need to be better. Phil saying the same thing. I'm worried how losing Jacker and fiddling with the midfield will impact on the team. Anyone agree? So, Barry, you worried about Jacker going, that we might be bullied a little bit? Listen, they're already started on Saka last night. You haven't seen it. They already did. Jacker is not Saka. Jacker. No, I uh, said, hold on. I'm I sorry, know, I was I know, talking I about being bullied. That was I all. Know. Declan Rice does not get bullied. I think he's a physical presence. I think we'll improve in that front. Uh, no, I don't think it's going to make any difference either way. The Jack are not being there on that particular front. I'm not happy he's not there because I think he was magnificent last year. Um, Saka needs protection. I mean, I think he's got to actually almost change his game a little bit to get protected. I don't know how or what, but he's, he's getting too much uh, kicked, kicked left, right and centre. Jesus, Jesus seems to have avoided it. There's a similar physique there. Saka's got to do something different, I think. Maybe he's got to release the ball a bit quicker or do something to avoid being whacked, go to the ball quicker, something. But I don't think we'll be bullied more than anyone else or last year, and we've got to handle it. We've got, we've got some big boys in the team, strong boys, so I, I'm not worried on that front. OK. We've, we've, we've got over an hour. I'm just going to do a couple more minutes. And if you're right, Andrew, Amanda, can I, Amanda, Amanda, can I just answer that question? Yeah, of course, Cam. I think with Tommy back... He will help him with protection. And I think Declan Rice coming in, he won't stand any nonsense on behalf of Saka either. No. And they're very good friends because of the England connection as well. Yep. Um, couple more questions. Hold on a second. Second. Sorry. I starred them and I went to the wrong thing. Um, oh, Emerson wants to say hello, Dad. Good show, Amanda and family, and nice stories of your dad. If I can answer my point I said earlier, I've seen him at Highbury and media entrance at the Emirates. Do you remember Emerson, Dad? No. <laughs> you do when you see him. That's, that's different. I might, I might remember a face, but I know the name Emerson makes me think of a Brazilian footballer, but... Um, <laughs> So funny. I, I would like to see his face again. 
Um, right. Um, Barnaby Jones, Kobe Mainu bullied Declan Rice. It is a pre-season friendly. Everyone get back in their lane. Honestly, <laughs> when you come to the Emirates, young Barnaby, let's see what happens there. Um, and I'm going to ask one last question by Barnaby. How worried are you about Newcastle, Liverpool, United, Chelsea and Aston Villa? Adrian? One by one, Newcastle... Moderately, four out of five, for four out of ten. Liverpool, no. United, United have always got got it in them. Chelsea, not a chance. Villa, not worried in the slightest. Um, so the only one of those I'm I'm a little bit worried about is is United. Um, maybe Newcastle. They got they got all the funds. Yeah. Um, Strange yeah. how nobody's mentioned Tottenham. <laughs> Who? Who? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You used to mention them every year. Do you remember Barry standing outside Highbury? You used to go. Yeah, I'm worried about Tottenham this year. Yeah, yeah, I'm worried about Tottenham this year. Yeah, I've learned my lesson, though. <laughs> yeah. The only um, one that's not on, on there that we are worried about is City. Yeah, well, we yeah, know City, well, we? Because that's a given. Give, give that's the one we're focused on, isn't it? we just got to get above City. If we're above City this year, then... Is that all we've got to do, Andrew? Just that? That's all we've got to do? Just yeah. that. Yeah, OK. Brilliant. That's Arteta's focus, isn't it, Barry? <laughs> yes. Brothers, Guna brothers. Yeah. That's all we've got to um, do. Just one little thing. That's all we've got to do. <laughs> and as William Jack says, what do we think of Tottenham? And we're not allowed to say <laughs> it, boys and girls. We're not allowed to say it. So, um, generally, next season, we are all very excited. We've got loads of shiny new players that have got to bed in. People have got to give them time. I don't think we're going to bang as quickly as we did last season. So everyone needs to calm and get to the Emirates and just sing your hearts out and everything. I think we're going to be packed stadiums every um, game as well. Um, I'd just like to say that all of you have been absolutely brilliant. I hope you've all enjoyed it, Andrew. It's been fantastic, Amanda. It's kept me up till gone midnight, which I haven't done for a while. Getting on, aren't you? Getting on. Um, hope to see you back at the Emirates very soon, that's for sure. Um, 24th of I, September, I think. Oh, great. See you in September. Lovely. Um, Adrian, enjoyed it? This has been great. Yeah, really enjoyed it. I could stick around if people want to. <laughs> Adrian, I'll tell you what I do. When I do, when I want, when I get the young guns on, I'm going to get you on. Because you're still classed as one of the young guns. I can see you've really enjoyed it. Um, It's been fantastic. Barry's been here before as well. No, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. Barry, you enjoyed it? Yeah, it's good. Look, when when you talk uh, Arsenal, an hour and ten minutes just flown by. So, uh, yes, really enjoyed it, as always. Oh, fantastic. It's just like driving up to a game, isn't it? Yeah. And not (laughs) unfortunately, I have to listen to talk sport. Young Dad, how are you? Very pleased to have been on. Lovely to be with Barry and uh, Andrew and Adrian. And uh, this is my and tribute. Amanda. <laughs> oh, Amanda's, Amanda's always in my life, as you know. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is me every time there's a game, home or away. But today I had to have this out. So I had a nice drink of tea and that before. But my life is Arsenal. Amanda knows it. People know me know it's Arsenal. And yes, Amanda's mother is there somewhere, your auntie. Um, she is there somewhere, but she knows her place. 
Um, Phil Macker said, top pod as always, but very disappointed not to hear any embarrassing Amanda stories. There's none, okay? You all know them anyway, Phil. I tell you all my funny, embarrassing ones. Imagine being in a shopping mall yesterday and a bloke walks past in our away top and I stop him. I don't care. I'll talk to all gooners. It seems like everyone's loved the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I would just like to say that that is the last episode of the summer series of Talking Arsenal for the same old Arsenal. I'm having a break two weeks now. As I said, it's my birthday next week. I'm back. Um, The night of the Charity Shield will be going post-game live. And again, it is a friendly, so everyone needs to remember that. Um, I'll be back here. The boys um, will be at the Charity Shield. I've decided not to go for various reasons. However, so put it in your diary. I think it's August the 6th, around 7pm, we'll go live. However... Chris is back on Wednesday night with two fantastic guests to end his summer series of one in, one out, one bangs. And they've been doing brilliant. Before we go, I would just like to thank everybody that's joined me in the last six weeks. First up was Kevin Campbell. Then there was Carlo Garganese, Ferguson Hilsey from the uh, Yellow Ribbons pod. Sophie and Sally were absolutely brilliant. I loved it. We had Carl, Selena and Jacob from the Gay Gooners who were brilliant. And then last week was one of my favourite shows. We had Alan Algar and Anthony Gow on, son of Tony Gow. Um, Anthony was Declan Rice's early years coach at Chelsea and is still his friend now. And and, And honestly, if you haven't heard that pod, go back into Apple or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts and listen to whatever, uh, to listen to that show and listen to all of them. Everyone's been fantastic. So I just want to thank all of those. And yes, Kevin Campbell will be coming back in the season because you know he's a mate of mine. Thanks to everybody. Listen, 7.30 Wednesday evening is Chris's show. I want to thank all my lovely family. Andrew, thank you so much for staying up. Thank you no, for, thanks um, for the invite finally. For being here as well. Um, we'll do it again. We'll do it again. Maybe six months into the season, we'll get us all together. Um, Adrian, thank you again. Um, hope to see you very soon and good luck good luck I hope it all goes well I can't wait to hear the news I will need luck that's for sure but (laughs) no you won't Amanda what time are we meeting for the first game of the season what time do you know what I was going to say 11 a.m I like to go early Barry likes to go late so we have to sort of um get Carl involved and go what time should we go um All shows are available, as Carl has just said, on all download platforms. All right, Nigel, we'll do it before Christmas. Um, Barry, I'll see you and speak to you way before uh, we have to arrange to go, but it's not long. I think it's Nottingham Forest midday, so we'll be having breakfast in the cafe. Oh, okay. Okay. Dad, thank you so much for coming back on. Everyone's loved you as ever. And I just want to say I've loved it. <clears throat> and thank you for all your birthday wishes. I can't put them all up because it's next week. And uh, Dad, you enjoyed it? Very, very much so. Thank you for having me back on. And I hope everybody who has watched it, has liked it, has enjoyed and the stories. There's another tw- 30,000 stories. Well, you know, 10, I suppose, I've got buried somewhere in my head. And one day in the future, I'll be more than happy to come back again brilliant and i know everyone wants you to come back um also for everyone on audio hello thank you for listening thank you for 
you know, enjoying our shows as well. We will be back in the uh, season. I'm having a break. You get a break from me, all of you. Guys, um, the family, thank you so much. And Hope to everybody watching. <laughs> Hope your team wins to everybody. Um, enjoy the rest of the summer. Enjoy none of my dulcet tones for about two weeks. I'll see you after the Charity Shield. And remember, always Arsenal. Always Arsenal. Come on, always you guys. Always Arsenal. Sports Social Podcast Network.